Hello, everybody, and welcome back for this week's episode of the Pirkeyavos podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn. I hope you are well. And before we begin, if you enjoy this podcast, you might also like my other podcast on the Parsha of the Week. You can look for it by searching for the Practical Parsha podcast or by clicking in the link in the show notes below. And as always, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, K-O-H-N at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. For this week, we're continuing with Chapter 2, Mishnah 18. So Perek Beis, Mishnah Yurches. Now, the Mishnah is going to be talking a little bit about tefillah, about prayer, and we'll, we'll try to get a little bit into that today. A little clarity. I'm going to read through the Mishnah, and we'll try to go through it again, step by step. So the Mishnah reads as follows. Rabbi Shimon Omer, Rabbi Shimon says, Havizoyer bikriyashma. Rabbi Shimon says, be meticulous in reading the Shema. Ubitfila. And in prayer. Ukishaatamisbal. Now, that was step number one. He said, make sure you're consistent, you're meticulous to say the Shema and to say and to pray. And now he says a second statement. Says, and when you do pray, how do you pray? Says, do not make your prayer into a set routine. Rather, it should be a entity for mercy, a supplication before Hashem. As it says in the verse, Shanemar Kichanon. As it says in Joel, that for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in kindness, and relentful of punishment. And the last teaching of the Mishnah is Do not judge yourself to be a wicked person. So we have three ideas in this Mishnah. Number one, be careful with the Shema prayer and tefillah to pray. To be meticulous in reciting the Shema and to pray. Now it's important to note, just to give a little background, that the Shema prayer, there's a obligation in the Torah to say the Shema prayer in the morning and in the nighttime. As it says in the verse, it says, kumecha. says you should say this prayer when, when the Torah gives us the commandment to say the Shema. The sages derive from the verses that it says, since it says, kumecha, when, you, um, when you go to sleep and when you arise, we see that there is a twice daily obligation to say the Shema. Now the Shema consists of primary, three Different paragraphs. So you have obviously the most famous is the the line, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. Hero Israel, Hashem is our God. Hashem is one. There's also an obligation of prayer that we have, which is three times a day, and and we'll get into that a little bit shortly. Which is Shachris, the morning prayer of Shachris, the afternoon prayer of Mincha, and the evening prayer of Myriv. Those are the three prayers that we have that are set into our daily schedule 
that need to be said. Now, the first point, just going back to Shema. So Shema is this twice daily repetition that we say. And it's interesting, Shema is very unique in that most other prayers, if you say the prayers and you didn't have concentration, you still fulfilled your obligation, right? Obviously, if you say it in Hebrew, if you say it in Hebrew, in the words you say, you know, or, or you, if you say it and you didn't have the concentration on it, you still fulfill your obligation. But Shema is an exception to the rule. When you say, and when I say, when you say the Shema, and at least for the first verse of Shema Yisrael Hashem Elkeinu Hashem Achad, you need to have the right intentions in mind, the right uh, concentration to fulfill the mitzvah. Now, I don't want to scare you. It's nothing too crazy. It's not too intense. You don't have to have any Kabbalistical um, you know, uh, intentions. You just have to know what you're saying and have in mind to fulfill the mitzvah. And we're going to get into that shortly, what you need to have in mind. Now, as I mentioned, there's three paragraphs of Shema. So you have obviously the first verse of Shema, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elkein Hashem Achad. And then there's three paragraphs. The first one being the paragraph of V'ahavta, which all the, these are paragraphs or, or verses from the Torah. First one is V'ahavta, Shem Elkecha, B'chal, V'chal, V'chal, and the verses continue. The And the, this parsha, this portion of the Shema, discusses how how much Hashem loves us and how much we need to return that love back to Him by observing the mitzvot. The second paragraph of Shema is the V'hoya Im Shemoya, Tishmo'al V'kol Mitzvotsa, Asher Anochi Mitzavcha Hayom, it's it's a it's a statement, it's a declaration that we're making that the Jewish people's collective success and or failure is dependent on us fulfilling or God forbid not fulfilling the Torah mitzvos. That if we do what we're supposed to do, if we fulfill the mitzvos, then things will be good for us. And if God forbid we don't do the mitzvos, then things will be not so good. That's the second paragraph of the Shema. And the third and final paragraph of the Shema is Vayomer is also is a affirmation that God, Hashem, took us out of Mitzrayim. And because he took us out of Egypt, we have an obligation to this day to serve him with a full heart. So now we've learned a little bit about the Shema, that there's twice daily obligation, biblical obligation, these three different paragraphs. And before I get into what we need to have in mind when we say the Shema, I also want to add that the Shema, when we say be meticulous in the Shema, Shema is very unique in that it needs to be recited in this special time. You know, in Judaism, we live, we're very much dependent on time. It's very interesting. Everything is is time. It's actually amazing. You know, you think about our daily life, so much of it is, and not even daily life, monthly life, year, Everything is connected to time. It's pretty amazing. Actually, this thought really crossed my mind um, during the pandemic when the when it began. I remember those first month or two of COVID. Really, probably the first month, like every everything shut down. The whole world came to a standstill, and you know, many people were nervous. I'm sure we were all nervous. What's going to be with the world? And I remember like seeing people. People like were walking around aimlessly. They didn't know what to do with themselves because like everything stopped. There's no work. There's no restaurants. There's nowhere to go. There's no mall to go to. The only place you could have gone to was the grocery store. And even on TV, they're right. People, I'm, 
again, I don't have a TV, but I'm sure there was no new TV shows. Everything was the same old. There was nothing new going on, right? There was no, there was no parties to go to. There was no places to be. Everyone was just home. And I felt like, you know, I remember seeing some of my neighbors, people would just be in their pajamas all day long, never changing out of their pajamas and not seeming to have any schedule, just waiting for time to pass. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, how lucky am I? How lucky are we that as Jews, there's a schedule set up for us? There's always something to look forward to. You know, there's always a schedule. There's, we're so by the clock, the whole world could come to a standstill, but yet I knew I had certain things I needed to do every day. I had to daven shachris every morning by a certain time. I had to daven mincha by a certain time. I had to daven the evening prayer, myrev, by a certain time. I had learning I needed to accomplish. Every week I could look forward to Shabbos. Shabbos in that in of itself was something to look forward to. I, and I remember thinking like people had nothing to look forward to. But me, you know, I feel like as Jews, we had every day, we had our own schedule to fulfill. And that's the beauty of, of Judaism, that it's sort of built into our religion. Um, you know, human nature is as such that we push things off. And Hashem knows that. He created us. So he also put into the system that certain mitzvos have to be fulfilled by certain times. And Shema is really a prime example of that. Because Shema, there's different halachos, has to be said, you know, by a certain portion, you know, there's, there's something called Zaman Kriya Shema. There's the time for saying Shema, the final time. It's The Gemara goes through exactly how you get to the time. It's a few hours into the day. It's not the same time every day because the way that, um, you know, hours work, in, in, in halachic hours work is a little different than the regular hours that we have in our day. But either way, it's something you could look up, you know, this, that something called Zaman Kriya Shema, the last time to say Shema. Now, that's so when it comes to Shema, it's not just saying it, but it's also saying it in its proper time. Now, it's good to know, just as a halachic side note, that a person, if a person uh, forgets the Shema, he still could say it even past the time. He just doesn't get the mitzvah of saying it in its proper time. You still get the mitzvah, but you don't get the mitzvah of saying it in its proper time. But that that's what it means. That's what it means here. When Rabbi Shimon saying, be meticulous in Shema and prayer, the first thing is that Shema, it should be said, in its proper time. And for prayer as well, the morning prayer must be said by a certain time. Everything must be done in its proper time. So I think the word here to be meticulous is that we should be careful. Number one is about saying the Shema and the prayer in the proper time. Now, I wanted just to go into a little bit over here of, of this importance of starting off your day with a prayer. And, you know, I always tell people, especially when they're starting off, that there's a certain special feeling when you do a mitzvah right away in the morning, your day is a different day. That when you put on tefillin right away in the morning, your day is a different day. When you study Torah right away in the morning, the sun is shining. It's just great. Because if we don't do it right away, we're also putting ourselves in a situation that we might forget it. Very good chance, right? We'll, we'll, or it'll be the last second before it's nighttime, before we lose the mitzvah. But if we do it right away, if we, if we, don't, if we don't delay, we have a certain sense of a, a larcity for the mitzvah, it'll be done and it'll sort of influence the day forward that we, it, it sort of, you know, may, maybe the word is, it dictates, it could, you know, 
it just will help everything be better. You're already starting with a net positive. You're starting with gas in the tank. So if you're starting with gas in the tank, you're already starting with some some points. So no matter what comes your way, it's going to be harder to have a worse day. You know, I always feel that for myself. The days that I'm, I daven, I get to davening on time, and I study Torah in the morning, just a better day. You feel already by by whenever time you start your work, by 9 a.m., you already feel accomplished going into work. You already, you daven, you spoke to Hashem. You, you learn Torah. So already it's something to keep in mind. And I think this is, Part of the benefits of being careful with the, with the times of Shema to say in its proper time and the times of Tefillah because you get that added benefit of, of, of making everything a lot better. Now, another point which Rabbi Shimon is teaching us here is that when you're careful in these mitzvot of Shema, especially and Tefillah, it develops a certain awareness of Hashem, of God, that doesn't necessarily come by itself. Because if you look in the, the prayer and you look in the Shema, well, what is prayer and what is the Shema, right? So the idea of prayer is that sometimes we think of it as asking God for what we need. But that's not the ideal of prayer. Sure, we are supposed to ask Hashem for things. That is part of the deal and we, we should ask. But the main point of prayer, the biggest benefit that we receive from davening is not from asking for things, but rather it's, the connection that we gain um, by making that, stretching our hand, by, by reaching out to Hashem, by having our supplication asked to Hashem. We get a certain sense of connection, uh, a, a certain sense of bonding with our Creator. And that's the point of tefillah, that even if we're not answered, we know that our Father cares about us and we have a relationship with Hashem. And, you know, there's a, I would say, there's a famous story they always say it's a, it's a parable but if you give a child everything in the world right you give him a credit card you give him a house some money you know, let's say a young teenager right but you, the father tells the son okay you can have all these things just don't contact me I'm, I'm getting remarried and uh you know the new wife doesn't want to hear from him but you have everything you need money car house credit card you think that child's a happy child the answer is no because he doesn't have that connection with his father. And that's the idea of tefillah. When it comes to prayer, the, the biggest benefit of davening, of praying every day, is not just for asking for stuff, it's that we're getting a connection with Hashem. And you know what? When you daven, when you're in a challenging situation, and you really daven well, or you, you daven afterwards, you, you're in, and you, you cry out your heart, you pour out your heart to Hashem. You feel better afterwards. You feel better. There's there's a higher power here. You have a recognition that there's some, someone greater than me, than you, that's going to help you. And it takes the burden off your shoulders. You, you put it onto Hashem's shoulders, because ultimately we're not in control. But these are part of the benefits of davening, it comes from davening, it comes from saying Shema. And this is also, it's, it's this, this benefit of davening is also really starts from saying the Shema prayer. So when we say Shema, we have this recognition that Hashem is in charge of the world. He's one. And everything that happens is part of his plan. We're all, we're part of it. And when we have that recognition, you know, 
we realize that everything is not our problem. It's not everything's on us. We can't control things. Maybe we stop worrying so much about the future because we know that Hashem created the world. He's in charge. He knows what he's doing. So, and the more we do this, you know, by saying the Shema every day, the only way you can get to this level is by training yourself to think like this. And how do we train ourselves? Is by drilling ourselves. And this is something we need to constantly um, put into our minds. And that's why we have a daily obligation, a daily requirement for us to daven. To daven three times a day, to say the Shema, because we constantly need to be reminded about awareness of Hashem. We have to be reminded that Hashem is looking out for us. We have to be reminded that He is everywhere. And that's why the Reb Shimon is telling us, be meticulous in this, because the more careful we are about the Shema prayer and about praying, the more uh, aware we will be about the the way Hashem runs the world and that how we are how we fit into that picture. Now, just to go through here a little bit about the Shema, as I mentioned, it's one of the few mitzvos where you have to actually know what you're saying in order to fulfill the requirement. And I mean, when, when you say it in Hebrew, because obviously if you say it in your native tongue, you'll know what you're saying. But the point is you need to know, you know what you're saying. Um, generally, when, when you say a prayer in Hebrew, the, the benefit of saying it in, in Lashon HaKodesh and in the Holy Tongue is that even if you don't understand what you're saying, you still fulfill your requirement because the sages who who formulated the prayer knew what they were doing and the Holy Tongue Hebrew has a certain holiness to it that it just pushes the right buttons by itself. But Shema, as we mentioned, be, you need to know what you're saying. And maybe it's because this idea that the whole point of Shema and prayer is that it needs to make this awareness within ourselves. And if we don't know what we're saying, how is it going to make an awareness that Hashem is running the world, that we need to be connected to Him if we don't know what we're saying? So just wanted to give a little bit of idea of what we need to think about when we say the Shema prayer. So the first thing is that the main phrase that we need to keep in mind, you know, maybe it seems overwhelming to have in mind, have concentration for the whole Shema, but we the, the main um, verse that we need to concentrate on for sure and that's even according to some opinions, you need to say it again. Is Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Achad. The first verse of Shema. That over there we need to know what we're saying and have in, in, in mind the correct intentions. And the first, what we need to remember is that Hashem is our God. Hashem is one. He rules over the whole universe. And the this the different ideas that we're expressing in that first verse is number one is we're accepting that Hashem is king of the whole world and he's master of all. He is one and he rules the entire four corners of the earth, which is the entire world. And that's what we're thinking. We're, we're, we're accepting the yoke of, of heaven upon ourselves. So we at least need to remember what we're saying, which is Hashem is our God. He is the master of all, right? Hashem is means our God. Elokeinu means master of all. Hashem, God, is one. That's what we're thinking when we say that Shema, and when we do that, we fulfill this mitzvah, we create this awareness within ourselves, and the better we do it, the more aware we will be. Another point in the, in the Mishnah, the second idea, is this idea of when you pray, do not make your prayer a set routine. That means when we daven, we shouldn't just go on autopilot. 
We shouldn't just, you know, read words. We should try to understand what we're saying. We should try to have kavana, which is concentration. We should put our heart into it. And it's actually, you know, this actually could be a little bit overwhelming if you're coming to a show and maybe you're a little bit new to the to the to the davening, you don't read Hebrew so well. But it's brought down that it's better to say less with kavana. It's better to say less prayers with intention than a lot of prayers without kavana. So the, the answer to this, one of a practical method to gaining mastery and to making your tfilos, your prayers, not routine, not out of rote, is trying to just focus on a small part of the prayer and just taking a little bit at a time and doing what you can to have concentration on those prayers. Pick one little area. And from that, you could work out that it should keep going more and more, that you should get more um, concentration and more concentration. And maybe it's also part of this is about learning about davening and trying to make a little preparation and doing your part. But there's also it's a, there's another conversation here as well is that it's a balance. Because like I mentioned before, davening is something which is a requirement every day. Every day we need to daven. Every day we need to say Shema. So on one hand, human beings are creatures of habit. Right? We like routines. We do well with that. Right? If we don't have the right cereal in the morning, it throws our whole, whole day off. But on the other hand, the Mishnah is telling us here, don't make your prayers into a routine. So what should we do? You know, I want to learn to daven consistently, but at the same time, I'm, I'm expected to not make my prayers into autopilot. How do we balance these two ends of the spectrum to get to the perfect uh, approach? So, like I mentioned before, it is important to train ourselves to do things every day and sort of to make it into a routine. But when it comes to the prayer itself, we want to try to balance it and not just put ourselves on autopilot just to say it, to say it. We want to try to internalize the prayer and, and understand what we're saying, that it becomes meaningful. And, and I'm not going to um, you know, say that it's easy uh, task to fulfill, that it's, it's, it's a hard balance. Now, I wanted to discuss maybe some tricks today that we can use that can help us achieve this balance of having a good habit of, of davening every day and at the same time not letting ourselves fall into this trap of autopilot, of routine, where we're just saying things because we're just saying it to say it. Now, the first trick I, I think we could use to our advantage is maybe having a recognition, a realization that what we have today is not necessarily going to be our tomorrow. You know, when we, we all expect that everything stays the same, you know, we have this amount of our money in our bank account today, and it'll be this, the same amount will be there tomorrow. Um, we have our health today and tomorrow we'll also have our health. If we remember that everything is a gift from Hashem, and just because we have something today doesn't mean we will have it tomorrow, meaning we don't take things for granted, I think we could use this realization to help us recognize that every day is a gift. Every day is a present. And when we're aware of this, 
it sort of maybe helps us recognize the importance of the prayer that at hand. You know, when we have this recognition, realizing that we're all everything is is a gift from Hashem. So then, and we know that tomorrow is not a guarantee it'll be like today. It makes maybe it sort of gives an extra added importance to the davening that we say to the davening that we pray. Another important point about tefillah, about prayer, is that although I mentioned that there are three, every day there's three prayers that we need to say. We have Shachris, Mincha, and Mayriv. Um, and on Shabbos, we have other special prayers. We have the Musaf prayer. Aside from that, there is also an aspect of prayer where a person could and should speak to Hashem in like a, like a, like a father in, in, in your own language, your native tongue. And um, and pray and give your heart into it. And, and we know that Hashem desires those prayers very much. Meaning on one hand, we have this obligation that we need to fulfill and try to do it with the proper kavanah, with the proper in- intention. And at the same time, there's an also, also an aspect of davening, to daven from our heart, from the inner depths. When we're facing a hard challenge, something hard, something difficult, we should uh, speak to Hashem. You know, and nowadays, you know, uh, you could talk to yourself nowadays and no one will think you're crazy. You just put a little Bluetooth in your in your ear and you'll be having a conversation with Hashem. No one will know it. But this is a very important thing that in, when we're having those tough times, speak to Hashem like a father when, in, your, in your own words. And and we know the Talmud tells us it's brought down, Rahman Hashem desires heartfelt prayers and that doesn't just mean the set prayers of, of davening but it means even a prayer which a person makes up in their own words to call out to Hashem to connect to ask him things um, and it's brought down that there was a midrash that tells us that Hashem showed Moshe Rabbeinu the storehouses of divine reward for those who study Torah for those who do mitzvot and then he showed Moshe Rabbeinu a, the biggest storehouse of, of them all and Moshe asked Hashem, what, what is this storehouse? Who's this for? He says, the, this, the, others, um, the other storehouses are for those who have merits. This is matnas chinam, which is those who lack merit. And it's explained by the Avni Nezer that people who base their claim of, to reward on something they did, so in essence, they're limiting the reward they can get. But if we come to Hashem and we just ask Hashem, we, we, we pour out our heart to Hashem, so then we're not limiting ourselves to, 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 you know, to something specific. We're opening up the possibilities because Hashem is just going to give. The, the storehouses of, of, of matnas chinam, of, of, of gifts of free, are, are much bigger than the storehouses of Torah mitzvahs. Meaning to say is, obviously we need to do Torah mitzvahs, but the point is, is that when we, when, we, when we ask, when we daven, we pour out our hearts, we make our davening a supplication because we want to connect to him and not because necessarily we, we want something or we need something. So then we're, we're opening up the possibilities to all the blessing in the world. Now, the last point of this Mishnah, which I want to bring out tonight, it says, right, the Mishnah continued, it says, don't make your, your, your prayer into a routine. Rather, you should make it a supplication, right? Put your heart into it. 
And and one of the ways of doing that as well is learning about prayer, learning about davening, looking in the translation, getting a sitter with a translation. There's translations, um, sidurim they have nowadays uh, in, in English, Russian, uh, Hebrew, French, any language possible, Spanish, you can have, find a translation. And, and um, that's probably a good step to look at a translation that you're most comfortable in and using that to learn about davening a little bit more because when we know what we're saying, it makes it it's, it makes it easier for us to put our hearts into it as well. As so, the ver, the, the Mishnah continues: Shenemar Kichanon Verachom Hu Erech Apayim Rav Chesed Alara. That that Hashem is is for He's gracious and and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in kindness, and relentful of punishment. Now the Mishnah finishes here with a with a last idea: Do not judge yourself to be a wicked person that a person should not think they're wicked, they're evil. <clears throat> now, many times when I meet people and invite them to different programs that we have, I'll, the reaction I get is that, nah, I don't want to, there, there's a certain guilt complex that they're a bad person and they don't. therefore they don't want to be involved anymore in their Judaism because they're already bad. It's a lost cause. That's what they'll say. It's a lost cause. So Reb Shimon is telling us that's not, True. Person can never view themselves as evil. And it even more than that, halachically, if a person comes and says, I did an Avera, I did a sin, you don't believe him. You're not allowed to believe him. Can't believe him. And when it comes to our self-image, how we look at ourselves, the way that we create our self-image, the way we have our self-esteem, how we how we view who we are is how we look at ourselves. So if we think that we're a wicked person or evil person, we're not a good person, how is that going to manifest itself? Do you think it'll manifest itself in a good way? Do you think you're going to want to do more good things after you think you're a bad person? No, you'll think you're a lost cause. So when a person starts thinking themselves that they're bad, they're not good and you beat yourself up, you'll start believing that. And you'll start becoming that. So the mission tells us, do not judge yourself to be a wicked person. And it's actually interesting. The commentaries teach us that it says, that when it comes to yourself, between you and yourself, don't view yourself as wicked. And it's known that the, the great Rav Bunim of Pshischa, Hasidic master would say, you have to have two pockets. You have to have a pocket filled with bishvili never ha'elam that for me the world was created. That we believe that for each person in the world the world was created for that person. God created the world just for you, for you, for you to do Torah mitzvos, just for you. It was worth it to create the world. And on the other hand, there's another pocket with anoichi afar ve'ifer that you're just ashes and dirt. So when we're by ourselves. When we're when we're by ourselves, we should never think of ourselves as bad. We should think that the world was created for me. It was for you. And therefore, we have to pick ourselves up. But sometimes when we're other people and people are maybe we could we could uh be arrogant over others, we could treat people improperly, we we could think we're better than others, and in that situation, we need to believe that we're we're not so 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 great. So it's a very important balance in the Mishnah. So when it comes to our own self-image, 
when it comes to ourselves, how we look at ourselves, we can never beat ourselves up to say, we're evil, we're bad, because that's just going to make us into that person. We're going to start believing that, and it's going to hold us back from doing mitzvos. It's going to hold us back from doing more. And that's actually the goal of the Yitzhahara, the goal of the evil inclination. He wants to keep us down. He doesn't want us to feel good about our accomplishments. He wants us to never feel good and to be despondent and be down. Because if we're that, if we're like that way, we'll never take a step forward to go out and to go up. And therefore, we have to look at ourselves as benonim, people in the middle, that if the world depends that any way our actions can go, that if we're right in the middle, that if we if we do another mitzvah, we'll be meritorious. And God forbid, if we do another avero, we could put ourselves in the in the red. That God willing, everything we do, it's a perfectly balanced scale. And every mitzvah we do pushes the scale down in the right direction. God willing. So with that, I'm going to finish for today's podcast. I hope you had enjoyed. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions, comments, or like to reach out, feel free to reach out to me at rabbishlamakonkiohn at gmail.com. Have a great day.